0: I'm not to like you know, talk to you about this morning is confronting our emotional darkness. We all get these seasons in life of discouragement, and sometimes that discouragement can become defeat and demoralization, and it's really hard sometimes, other things that can contest over and over and over and over again. And so, if that's where you are this morning, you're in great company, because I'm going to look at life-worthy and see we did to deliver a or in the Bibles that wrestled with emotional darkness. And uh, we're going to find some encouragement there from his life and his lessons. But if you're not there, I'm sure you know somebody in your life that is wrestling with some level of discouragement, maybe even depression. And I do want to say this morning, before we begin and jump into God's word, that we, uh, Christianity is done. Um, Injustice when it comes to um, areas of question. Right? A, a, a lot of the advice and wisdom that you get is that you just don't have the faith. You know, you're, you're letting your doubt rule the life. You're letting you feel you feel your feelings clear in the way of that, and, and what I want to tell you is that because there's the wisdom to setting our eyes on Jesus and believing who he is and what he believes about us, but our feelings are still very real. And sometimes our bodies work against our feelings. Right? We live in a vessel that is deteriorating, And I don't think there's anything wrong with turning to the medical care that God has provided for us to deliver on the people that are going to care for us to help us understand that. Everything from our diet to a clinical balance in our brains help us understand who we are and what we to experience in this life. The other thing I want to say, too, is that uh, there's a stigma that goes with counseling. It's like it's the last road on the way to whatever divorce you're possibly right? And I don't know if that's your feeling, that's my feeling, that's the way i was done You don't go to counseling in the store really messed up. And what I want to say is is that that's really contradictory to this picture. Counseling is seeking advice from an outside source, looking for wisdom apart from yourself, helping you be able to see a bigger picture. There's not a moment in our life that you don't need some kind of counsel or advice or support, and sometimes we need to go to somebody that is an expert in certain areas because the things we're dealing with are bigger than us and they're bigger than the first or we find ourselves in situations that everybody else is around looking for answers and we're not finding it. So we go to people that have been gifted with wisdom, I'm going to encourage us to find Christian pastors, good Christian pastors, that we keep God in the middle of that wisdom, and it's who that's who that's And so I want us to be supportive support of one another, in that, and I also want to tell you this morning that this isn't meant to be a quick speech, so somewhere along the line I'll say anything or communicate in a way that, hey, just do these things and you're going to be okay, and I, I don't want you to, to, to feel that way. I want you to understand and see this as a process. I want you to see the principles that you apply in your life each and every day. As you apply these principles, you can find emotional kind of, peace and comfort and healing in your life. But there needs to be something that happens every day, right? You don't just eat healthy for one day and expect it to of your health problems. You know, you don't eat healthy one day and then binge some big maps for the next week and expect it to be a better. You're just not going to get there. And the same is true here. It's a process, and so I want you to to hear that right up for uh, because I, I really want to do something right? just to those of you that are in the same today that those that are listening not to my podcast, a lot of our friends with 50, Church have never been in this room, but they us faithfully by listening to me and teaching And for those of you that are listening, just know that we, we think about you while you're, while you're listening with us and you're uh, following us online. So thank you for doing that. With that in mind, we're going to jump into first Kings chapter uh, 19, you know, look at those 3, and you know, we want to talk about confronting our emotional darkness today, and we're going to be looking at the story of Elijah, and a little back about this guy is that, you know, he was like a prophet's pastor, and this guy was straight up, was walking with Jesus. He's the guy that's been known to have walked with God, and then didn't die. Jesus came down and says, be with the home You know, it's like Jesus came down and you, know, you and I have been walking the street for a long time. You, you're just comes straight to heaven with me. So that's, that's kind of an incredible thought to think that this guy was so close to God that that's how his story ended. But he was also the guy that God used to turn the people of God back to them, And so, I man, He was calling in kings, their hypocrisy, calling them back to repentance. He was inspiring people of God to believe and faith again. And if you if you didn't keep reading in length of time, you've heard about. Uh, Elijah called fire down from heaven and night horrible, right? So everybody's worshipping the guys of Baal, and the other day Baal. The essentially had temple prostitution for in it. It was just it was an exact belief system, and it kind of took over all of the religious centers of the people's of God. And so Elijah called him out and said, listen, prophet, let's see who's the real God. It's like you can, you know, build this altar and do whatever you want to do and call fire down from the prophets of Baal and see if you can light the altar and then you can do the same thing. Hey, you go first. There's something big and I out. These priests up there just worked themselves up into a frenzy. They were cleaning themselves, trying to do anything to get things done to you on their behalf. And nothing happened. So I would get that. We say, listen, let's break this altar seven times. Let's just flood it and make it a pool of water. And if I want to pray, I the best is i <laughs> And he prays, and God says, so fire down, of uh, soaking wet wood, and in one of the people God sees that this is the true destiny. This Elijah comes off of that experience. He finds himself in the midst of the question. What do to do Just and note your and and then right in the shadow of that emotional darkness, crippling emotional darkness. Because what he says is that he did really had a different one to do, he was kind of supporting the profits of things, because it was profitable for his bank account. He was related to this lady named he was really the leader. He was the leader. He was passive, he, he just liked the temple. costume. He was he liked: the money, and Jezebel's a, uh, like the counter, and she completely the to. I'm going to take you down and clean your life just like uh, you did with the prophets. And i coming for you. And we pick up the story here. Verse 3. Then he was afraid, and rose and he ran for his life, and came to your which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself, for a day's nice journey into the wilderness, and he came and sat down under the renewed tree, and he asked him, that he might die, saying, if this enough now much more take away my life for I will no longer feel better than my father. And he laid down his slept under a wound seat. So, here's this guy. And he faces his first voice of discouragement, and it's the voice that says that isolation is innocent. This is the first voice that leads to his discouragement. Isolation is innocent. He runs away from everyone and everything. He disappears. He leaves his own companion behind because goes for days, journeying it, into the wilderness. Isolation is where we find comfort. And for a lot of us that deal with discouragement, we we think that we just kind of retreat, don't we we kind of withdraw. We even if it's in our own home, you know, sometimes it's hiding behind our screens and it's our like, animals. Sometimes it's just completely withdrawing emotionally, and spiritually from everyone. Sometimes it's physically, we just we just we need everyone and everything, and we just want to disappear, and we want to hide, and we say it's very similar to it, because like, Lord, I'm not saying I'm to kill myself, but I'm just saying, if you see that you take me tonight, just take me home. I'm done. How do so you go from the moment to the done with, And And, and it's, it's the first step of that is listening to this voice that says isolation is going What you need to understand is that isolation is trusting but intentional time alone can be dangerous. The isolation isn't the answer. This continually withdrawing from anyone and everything that can be an encouragement to us and then saying, I'm inside really is never going to help you. But there is truth to say that I need to get together. I need to unplug. I, I need this change of community, you know, spiritually, physically. You're, I need to kind of pull back. And let me some intentionality to See, so this is the whole point of the product rest, right? We work for six days and then we on the seventh day we're supposed to rest. It's too old to disconnect, to let the fact that God is always at work. It's an intentionality that goes into it. And these this play out in Elijah's hunger. So look how God responds to this, right? We're funny. And he laid down on the and behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones in a jar of water. And he ate, and he drank, and he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again and again and touched him and said, "Arise and eat, for the doom is too great for you." And he arose, and he ate, and he drank, and he went in the street of that feast forty days and forty nights to perform the will of God. So here's what's going on here. The intentionality that needs to go into the terms that we rest is the same intentionality that God encouraged the lives we take. First and foremost, focus on your physical health. I know there's some data on but your physical health has everything to do with your mental health, and your spiritual health, and your emotional health. It all is wrapped together. If you check out, you withdraw, and, and you don't take in the nourishment, and this is the foundation that is very basic: we sleep and eat. Okay? Take care of yourself. It's okay to own common with the intentionality that you know I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my physical health and talk. I'm gonna rest. I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna I'm gonna get healthy. And it doesn't have to be a long-term process for him. over a couple of days of kind of getting his breath again Nothing overtly spiritual about any of this, even though he knows that he's down the other side of And then ultimately, on the other side of things, he ate and took care of himself to the point that he was able to go and master for forty days and forty nights to a very specific place, Mount Horeb. Why this is so important for us to understand? Is that he was going on spiritual building? He was going on, spiritual, he was going on spiritual reflection because he, one, he ran away to the area called Cedar, which is very significant to the people of God, the place of Encounters of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he's remembering all the stories of faith in his life that he has heard and people that he's drawn encouragement from because he doesn't have it within himself. So he travels about a hundred miles to where he was to Cedar to rest. And he's going back searching for something. He's going back searching for years. He felt like he lost it after. And he's trying to reflect and think through the times that God has up in other people's lives. And if I could just stand in for a moment and run through to their faith. And then he starts to get recharged and he starts to take the reflection a step further. And now this journey from your to Mount Fort, the mountain of God, is about 200 miles. And he's going to walk. From Beersheba to Mount Ford for a very specific reason. He's going to walk through the very same wilderness that the people of God wandered around them for 40 years that wrestled with doubt and fear. He's going to take that journey in 40 days, one day for every year, reflecting on who God is. And where is he going? He's going to Mount up because God appeared to Moses at the very least. Okay the king in, and gave them to Moses and they were given to the people of God when the people of God approached that mountain and heard God's voice run away from the past, and speak his love and covenant to them He you on the journey of spiritual reflection you can't find God in the present so he's trying to remember him in the past so if you want to deal with isolation and the and turn the world into take care of yourself physically and start to reflect spiritually. kept that time into the process. The second voice that we have to confront that leads to discouragement it. is a voice that says it will never get any better. It won't ever get any better, right? For some of us, it's tight, ladies and the answer. For some of us, it's black, but it's never gonna really get any better, and that voice begins to wax diversity with graceful. But here's what I want day do, journey into the wilderness, when came, and sat down in the blue chain, the election might be <laughs> isn't that enough now, Lord. Take away my life, I am no better than my father's. He has come to a point where he's lost all hope that he's ever going to get back to where he wanted to be. He's done. He's so tired and so spent and so at the point where he thinks that there's not another right day that he's like anyone to talk got today. It's a horrible voice to listen to, but it's a very real voice. Because the Lord said in verse Then came, he came to the cave and mothers And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said, What are you doing here, Logan? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, for thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he goes on this say, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord Elijah, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountain, and broke and pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind and earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake of fire, that the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, the sound of his low whisper. From the wise of burden, he wrapped his face in his cloak, and he went out and he stood in the midst of the, the king. and behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are do you doing your lodging? We oftentimes, when we look at life and we say that it's not going to get any better, we are so sidetracked by everything that is big in front of us, and we think that hope is found in the big things. When really hope is found in the small things. Hope is the path to healing. For most of us, we want the healing. We want things to be fixed today. God, fix it. The problems are big. The wind is soaring. The earthquake is rattling my foundations. The fire is consuming me. The world is coming to an end. We need you to be the God. We need you to fill up. We need you to put an end to all of this. And God wasn't in any of it. He could not find God in the big things. When he found was God in that low whisper. And so we don't know what he said or really what he heard specifically, but he recognized that it was God's voice. And I'm not going to speculate to tell you what I think it was, because I think it was very personal to a lot of and it's you in the midst of your story, the midst of your fire, the midst of your earthquake, the midst of your awareness, then you will pause. God wants to say something very specifically to you that can be a quiet, small voice. Where you're going to have to slow down and not focus on the problems around you, but to listen for that voice of hope. And when you find that, you're going to find the beginning, the first step, and the path to healing. God wants you to there with you, you don't have to search for out there in the night. with you, in your head, while you're in the dark, and the world around you is it's not you. for. So that's the you need to be listening for. The third voice that we need to keep right, is a voice that says, I didn't raise up. Do it. If there is a voice that concerns feelings, community, and America's life, and everything, it's this point. We're always comparing ourselves to someone. We did it on Facebook. Why is it part of that? I'm not sure you're in We're going to tell you the story, and how come they have a perfect book like that? I'm not we you, you feel like don't measure up. Maybe it's the form that a different been placed on to that we feel like we can never achieve. Maybe it's the grade that we felt like we had to achieve when we were in school. Maybe it's the goals that our company has set that are unrealistic and based more on than they are on predicating. Whatever it is, we always feel like we don't measure up. Remember back in verse 4? Remember what I said? It's enough let- now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father. You know, well, think about that for a second. Think about a this thing. I'm no better than my followers. Here's a guy who's calling people who loves to people, and to the of and he's to the selling on their land. I don't even know what to I'm just as broken, just as empty. Often times, the greatest spirit is also our greatest point of evil. For a lot of sure it was his faith, it was his strength, but it was also the point that he could be pointed on the evil. Like, I just did you know, all these things, and here I am wrestling with all these negative emotions and voices in my life, God, I'm going to go to the new world. And I'm ready to you this way, and I'm ready to do that way. He's beginning to question his very relationship with God. What's happening is that he's facing his identity for what he does. God did this, And then I've done this really horrible thing over here. And I felt this way and calling people to faith. And I'm struggling the faith over here. And he's living off of what he's done. And he's facing his identity on that. And If you base your identity on performance and living up to some state of what you do, you will always be disappointed. You will always come up with it. You will always find emptiness on the other side. It will never be enough to make you feel okay. You can never do enough. You can never achieve enough. You can never hold enough. that that's what you base it your own world, you will always come up feeling worthless. See what God is trying to tell us here: how we deal with this is that we have to reject any performance-based identity, you can do more than what you do. See that says to our voice, verse 15 and 16? He comes off on the side of that, and the Lord tells him, Go and return your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, you shall anoint death, to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nebuchadnezzar, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elijah, son of Sephat, and Abel, Merah, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. You know what I'm saying? After last peaceful and quiet sport, i saying I don't measure up my life. Elijah, I'm a like, prophet. I want you to do you. Good things that I want you to anoint. There's another prophet I want you to train. To I'm not done with you. See, God's work in our lives is not based on our ability to achieve. God's work in our lives is based on our willingness to trust. Are we willing to trust? That's it. Are we willing to Are we willing to trust? In all of our weakness, to realize that in our weakness, God is strong, and trust God to do the only God to you. See, so that's the truth for that voice, in that many of them are The first voice that he had to confront from is, I'm near he says it two times. remember that? verse 10? He's in the cave. God comes and says, Elijah, what are you doing in here? And he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed the prophets with the sword, and I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. He's like, listen, guys, I'm the only one faithful, and they're out there killing all the people that are trying to be faithful, and I'm on that list. I'm the only one left. I'm the only one following you. I'm the only one that's here anymore. You know, he's starting to feel all alone, like there's no hope. There, that you know, why am I even doing this anymore? He goes back in verse fourteen after the whole firing and wind things, and then with still small boys, God says to him again, what are you doing here? And he says to him again, verse 14, I have been very jealous for the Lord God knows, for the people of Israel forsaking their covenant, and they throw down the altars, and they kill their prophets with a sword in their own, even all only am on left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord God said, go and the came to Listen. Maybe the best thing we can do with that question is, is when we look at the obstacles an around us and we feel like we're all alone, we feel like we're the only ones doing it all alone in our last thread, maybe the best thing to do is not make a statement saying, I'm the only one. Maybe the best thing that a could have done at this point is to say, I want only one one. Maybe come to God in humility and say, man, if I'm the only one, they want us to be faithful. Because see the question that question is going to lead you to a very different place than the statement of the a Lord. I'm going to It all falls on me, God. It all rests on me, God. And it's not one of humility saying, Oh, God, look what I've done for you. It's more humiliating and positive saying that the whole world depends on me and it's up to me to accomplish this and I can't do it anymore. It's up to my you to. And He wants you to compare yourself. And He wants you to look at like yourself. And He wants you to do any of these things i am for you not because of me, Elijah, trust me. I'm going to be in your room. i to when you feel frustrated and distilled the i am for you to fix all things. And even though we do that, we still have to do in your and I'm still doing it. I'm And we have to put that question around the to God. Am I really alone? And I curious you, God is going really to telling you that you are. See, when you say I'm the only one, it doesn't matter who comes along and encourages you because you always seem a great rebel for why they're alone. Am I to pretty true? That's me. Really, really. I can put some and two together I can the same thing. I can play it like to the, the, the same You And it to me. No friend, you're in all the to the same thing. I to a I to to the the I don't know. So, to, you know, to to speak speak, we have to ask questions direction. That's how we you got to he came out on the version giving him move his time, and saying, I'm not buddy. I about great for you, man. You know where you are, and you need to understand his journey.' He's was most of the most into this thing, and that's feeling any better." This wasn't a quick fix. It wasn't even a fix. It was a promise. Eliza, well, I'm not done with your working with you. You're never alone and by the way, I'm saving 7,000 other people that are just watching you. are 7,000 other people around you, around you, that can relate to you. that will understand you. Are you ready to receive their See, very It's a simple, subtle change from direction to question, and when I he answers the answer is maybe. You know, what's incredibly goes on in verse 19. So, Elijah departed from there. He found Elijah, his first facility, the was station. He was plowing with twelve years of and in front of him, and he was with the twelve. And Elijah passed by him, and he cast his cloak on him, which was a similar thing to hey, you, him, if you're a business man, and he left the oxen, and he ran out to Elijah, but the thing about this is Elijah, when he did this incredible sign, and he walks by and says, dude, you're to see it, and you don't. So no instructions, no instructions, I'm done. So he's still wrestling with these, all these emotions, in the midst of all the guys trying to speak into his life. Elijah, like, dude, dude. Huh? Elijah's like, dude, dude, Elijah's like, don't come with you, Elijah. I'm following you. And he said, well, go back. But what have I done to you? It's like, How would you even work by me? What encouragement have I given you a full return from finding him? And he took the yoke of oxen, and he said, I said, I said, Lord, this flesh of the yoke of the oxen, and he gave it to the people. So he gave it to the sanctified flesh people. So people. He burned his grave inside his feet. He said, I'm reading this line. And then uh, he arose, and he went after Elijah and assisted him. This is a rite of Elijah's journey. Of other within every step of the way. It's been kind of to us when you feel alone, you're not alone. There's thousands of other people that feel up like to you. And I'm going to give you one out of those thousands to walk with you. And the truth is, it's just as hard to receive the companionship of one. As can of The question that on, you already have to ask is will we keep people at a distance? But it's just a little direction. The of, people have to fix their life, or why they're able to or why they're not for us, or will we just receive the companionship and realize that they are remains the to there's not a quick sense for Sister Jean's friendship, understanding, and creation to pray supreme. And for the rest of the days of Elijah's life, he had just thrown in. And then God said to him, in life. the midst of Elijah's brokenness, he said, just go to But so I also is that ultimately the is with you and is at the moment. Would have fled into the wilderness? Got there with him. He took respect the of life. Life ran another 200 miles, trying to follow followed himself, got was him right there with them. It's like, hey, doing, my plan? Are you going to to Is that I'm looking for like, to find you. I to I of the things, Is that that what I the things, the I'm do. What I going to do? You know, I won't let the I'm do, not done with you. Here's something I want you to do. So, he's going to find me to get his phone before I go home. And he's like, he gets there and he's like, he brings his companion to remind him every step of the way that God is still there with him. There wasn't a moment of discouragement or doubt where Elijah was left by his house. very true in your no matter what wilderness you wants, what whether you're fear you holding on to, God is this. you don't have to go looking for them. These are the fears. see, the, the root of every negative emotion is fear. If it's a or a strain. It is fear that comes the God, but it never causes God to the The fear when you take the gifts the Lord's life.